Hey, welcome back. <laughs> it's one of those tunes that just gets gelled into your head over so many years. John Williams. John Williams? Yeah. Who's He's that? The composer. He's also was he also the composer for Star Wars? Yeah. Uh, and Indiana Jones. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Jurassic Park? No, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Who was Jurassic Park? John Williams. Probably. He, he was Home Alone, which I have oh. a bone to pick. Not a bone to pick. You're but gonna, wait, really? You're going to pick a bone with right Home away. Alone? Yes. No, with Harry Potter. Cause what? That was, no. Because that was, <laughs> that was after Home Alone, right? What was after Home Alone? Harry Potter. So wait, you're saying Harry Potter came after Home Alone? I'm asking. Yes, it did. Okay. <laughs> Home Alone well, is like early 90s. Okay, okay, okay. Well, the last time I saw Home Alone, whenever that was, like a couple years ago. When we watched it? We watched it? Yeah. Okay, okay. That's what I thought. But then I was like, wait, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't remember if we watched it. Yeah, but, we did. Okay, whenever we watched it, I realized this, the music from Home Alone is like the pretty much the same as the harry potter music is it really yeah like he just kind of recycled it a little bit. i didn't know that yeah. i didn't pick that up i might splice it in that would be interesting here. first home alone <laughs> See if they can Potter. notice the difference. See if you can notice. Well, notice the similarities because they're not like okay. the exact same, but they're also. They pull inspiration. Yeah. I feel like. He was like, oh, um, <laughs> maybe this part will sound it good was, here. It wasn't fully realized. Right. I don't know. It just, I thought that was interesting rewatching Home Alone. Mm -hmm. Even though I much more know it from Harry Potter. Like, I can't sing you the Harry, uh, the Home Alone. I don't know if I ever said it here on this program, which is <laughs> High Key Book Club, where we cover <laughs> movies and TV shows. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I've ever mentioned it here, but I feel like the opening theme to Harry Potter is the most recognizable where if you just play the first three notes, 98% of Americans know what you're I don't know singing. about 98% because there's a lot of like non-fantasy type people. Like, Are you sure? I'm sure. All right. What about 90%? 93? Uh, I, um, I don't <laughs> know. I, I would say maybe Star Wars. Oh, it's yeah. More like They've actually done similar types of things for Star Wars. What I feel like things like going out into the public to see oh. if they recognize or they would be like, you know, tell me what the, you know, preamble to the national uh, constitution is. And they're like constitution or whatever. What? Right. The constitution has a preamble. What constitution? The U.S. Constitution. I said the, oh. the national. Yeah. 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 And like the document. A, right. Or just like, you know, name this law or name that law that should be common. And they like can't say it. Yeah. But then they're like. You know, sing Star Wars. Oh, got and it. And everybody can do it. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but 
We're not here to talk about Star Wars. No, thank God. <laughs> We're here to talk about <laughs> Harry Potter and, and the Sorcerer's Stone. <gasps> do, do, do. <laughs> How many times? Oh, all of the times. <laughs> do, do, do. You're seeing do, one do, this morning. Do, 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 that one. Do, 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 do. That's like the that, diagonal. Yeah, it's actually, it, it sounds so much like the market music in any video game. You know, oh, if you play like kinda. an RPG. Like which one? Like do Zelda you, do, or Final Fantasy. Do you even play any Are you kidding me? Of course. Um, well, I don't play them now because I have a life, but. Wow. <laughs> that's shade at people that play games. I'm just kidding. In all uh. seriousness. I have heart and much love for those video games that I don't play currently just because it's not in my schedule. There's a new Harry Potter RPG leaked. It leaked? Well, not... How do you leak an RPG? Not the RPG, but the trailer. Wait, do we need to clarify what an RPG is for our audience? Sure. I don't think you know. <laughs> Role-playing game. Yeah, I know, but do you even know? I don't... Under- you can I don't leak know. one, probably. I can... What? You can leak one. <laughs> I wouldn't. Anyway, le- it was leaked like just like a. Do you play it? Like images from it. Okay. Or like video from it. From what system? No one knows yet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like a Nintendo Switch. It's probably PlayStation. Everyone wants it to be the Switch. Mm-hmm. But oh. Yeah. That's cool. That's exciting. It and is because yeah. people have been wanting one, a serious one, for a long time. It sounds pretty cool. Hopefully, they'll get it this time. Hopefully, yeah. Have the previous video games been RPGs? I guess. Hmm. But like the thing is people have always wanted one where you're not Harry right. or whoever. And it seems like it should be like an MMORPG where you can well, go into no, a world. It's definitely not MMO. Oh. They gotta get ha- on that. No, it has like a storyline that could get out of hand. <laughs> anyway. In like a good way. N- well, I think You so. control like the Mine- out of handness. That's the whole point. What is Minecraft? <laughs> it's an MMO. RPG? No way. You don't even know. I don't have to know. <laughs> Excuse you. I am fairly certain. And if <laughs> our listening audience wants to back me up on this, you can tweet us at Heike Book Club. It's true. So do you have any juicy factoids to I share mean, with us? Yeah, this this is an important movie. Cool. Uh, I just, the reason we're covering it now is because I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I find the fall to be like <gasps> Harry Potter season. Oh. Wait, well, I have to ask, do you prefer fall or autumn? I usually say fall, but autumn sounds prettier. It does. But I started saying autumn as an adult. Wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway, fall, I think of Harry Potter season and it's when I reread the books harry potter season yeah like well and this is here i promised that i would make an argument for it's not that contested though but that harry potter is a october spooky movie mm. that c- it can you really count. think it is i really do because and that's why we're doing it now in october i know we had a star is born but that was a special occasion the rest of october is going to be S- halloween related you know? Ooh. Yeah. And I said, I started my reread, my annual reread of Harry Potter. Now that it's fall. Stop. It's like my creepy wind noise. Yeah. You don't like my creepy wind noise? No. So I started my reread and then I thought we could cover the first movie for our spooky October Mm -hmm. season. I'm glad you picked it. Because... I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times people 
think of it as a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie or neither. <laughs> or, or you just don't know where it lands. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it fits well. I was saying it's kind of like a Thanksgiving movie to me if you nestle it in between Halloween well, yeah, and Christmas obviously, that way. But they don't. The British don't even have Thanksgiving. Right. That's why it's not even mentioned in the well, yeah. <laughs> book or movie. But I think it's it's definitely Halloween the most to me because Halloween and Harry Potter share pretty much the same characters. Not. I don't mean like. Harry Potter and Hermione, but like witches, wizards, goblins, ghosts, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Weird creatures, cats, uh, owls. I mean, right. Okay. Everything. Yeah. It is really, and it's called. really scary. I mean, that things are moving in the right. air. Very s- s- spirit yeah. filled. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything has a life and cobwebby in some places Ooh, you know? spiders yeah spiders, spiders are huge that's the next one though oh wait what <laughs> did you spoiler drop <laughs> my god yeah. wait wait maybe we should take this as an opportunity to remind our listening audience that this section is spoiler free but also like come on if you oh. haven't seen it by now it's <laughs> like so wait normally well, you might give a little bit of lenience yeah, because this is such a cultural landmark yeah it's old and it's also very popular like yeah if you're not in the know then yeah you should just why are you listening right exactly okay. i think i think it's fair normally on this podcast if you're new we mm-hmm. do the first part is spoiler free and then the second is spoiler filled right now we're keeping it pretty spoiler free but it also like it's gonna get out of hand real quick yeah it's and and it's been out there come on yeah exactly like where you been (laughs) what kind of rock you've been under right i mean even if you're like 18 right now you you know this was coming out when you were a kid right so it came out in 2001 Uh, this movie did yeah i was six or i was like seven cool seven oh yeah well do you remember going to see it for the first time I do. What I, was that like? I saw it at the movies. How did it feel? Oh, well, <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Did it feel very fall at the time? Yeah, I think it, it, it came out, I, I was reading, it came out in November. It mm. came out Thanksgiving weekend. So it was, and it makes I see sense. It. Right. I feel like Thanksgiving weekend is like the weekend for fantasy movies mm. to come out. That'd be interesting to see. Big how many. sequels. <laughs> like Hunger Games was always, I always associate Hunger Games with Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know? That's right. It's the Jenny Law season. Oh, my God. So I did go see it, but at some th- somewhere in the middle, I passed out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the only t- times I ever remember falling asleep in a theater. Oh, and it's long. It I was. definitely refelt that I watching it seven. this time. I was seven. It's like two hour, 20 minute movie. Right. I, I mean, they're doing a book for crying out loud. If they were really going to stay true, it would have been a four hour epic. No, honestly, this one's pretty true, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this is, I'd say this is the truest Harry Potter movie to the book. Is this because, the shortest book? Yeah, it's the shortest book. We have it in front of us for reference. See? Uh, yeah, I see. <laughs> uh, she is demonstrating about an inch, an <laughs> inch and a quarter, maybe. <laughs> It's pretty dang small. Yeah, it, it's small. You can re I reread through it About pretty quick. About the thickness of a thumb. <laughs> and the movie keeps very true to it. I'm I mean I, that's why I think it's one of my favorite of the movies as well because it's you know, it's so true to everything. Mhm. Even a lot of I was noticing this we rewatched since I just reread the book that a lot of the dialogue is word for word from the book and right. the conversations and stuff. Now, does that not stay true throughout the rest of the series? I think there's 
parts, obviously, but there's just so much that has to get cut out. Sure. That it, it's rough. But so much is lost in the cutting room. Yeah. This one did a pretty good job. We'll go over a couple cool. of things that weren't in the book. So this also, I guess, a warning that there might be spoilers here for the book. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you, again, if you haven't read the book, then... You probably don't care. Right. Yeah. We have some visitors here in the studio. Those are some of Hedwig's friends that wanted to just give us some support. (laughs) 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 It's a magical land. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we have some visitors. That's scary. A couple of things, though. I wanted to say that uh, I just wanted to touch on the scent that you created here in the studios. (laughs) We have a scentscape. (laughs) <laughs> being given off from a couple of candles that we purchased earlier today. Zeleny got them because she felt like they reminded her of fall. Yeah, I made a fall scentscape. So we're totally setting the mood It's here. vanilla pumpkin and snuggly sweater. Those Ooh. are the best. So comfy. Yes. Well, <laughs> it smells delicious in here. Wish you could be here. So this movie, well, it's from a book written by... J.K. Rowling, the queen herself, the Twitter queen herself. She's from England? The U.K. Somewhere (laughs) in the United Kingdom. Yeah. I hear they're going through some kind of exit. I I can't even, (laughs) can't comment. Oh. But is that an airplane? (laughs) These mics are so sensitive. What the hell? When do we hear airplanes here? <laughs> right. Ever. We hear birds. We hear airplanes. That's weird. Next, it's going to be Superman. What if it's owls delivering our letter? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> anyway. Well, you have to be proud. Of what? Your age. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, yeah. So I was seven when Harry Potter came out and I fell asleep and I drooled all over my sister. Oh, did not need to know that. <laughs> I was very embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all fine now because you've told everybody. No. Well, now, just now. <laughs> I never really told anyone before. Not that it was that important. I never had a sister to drool on. Well, she was my half-sister. <laughs> <laughs> all the better. She took me. It was nice of her. Oh, that is sweet. So she's your older half-sister. Yeah. Quite old, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't oh, know. Oh, she's not listening. I just mean like she was old enough to like take me to the movies like you would take your, your kid almost, you know. Mm-hmm. She was probably like 20. Why don't you just take her to the movies like a normal person from the movie we just watched? Oh, we can't spoil that. I know. Anyway, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I fell asleep. I, I've had a complex history with Harry Potter. I was a very avid reader growing up mm-hmm. like throughout all my teen years but then i never read harry potter like, like you never read deep into it no i never read it <laughs> i never oh, read the book never picked up the book and i read like every other book but like i tried reading harry potter and i couldn't get into it did you read it because of school no i never read it the only reason I had picked it up, and I actually, I I feel like I started with book four and then worked backward or something, but oh. I remember I had to read books for my book review that oh, was uh-huh. a graded thing in sixth grade. I BS'd it for the most part, but I 
read at least the first three books all the way. And I think I read the fourth book halfway through and still turned that in. And I think I only had to turn in four for the entire year. So I was like, that's it. Those are my four books. Well, maybe I had to do more and I read like holes or something like that. But I was like, <laughs> after I was like, once I got to book four, they were getting too long. So I just Order I of the keep Phoenix, up. which mm. is the fifth one, is the longest. It's like 900 pages. Right. And that was either coming out that year or the year after. Wow. Do you remember what book they were on when this had come out? No. <laughs> I feel like they were on Goblet of Fire, but I could be wrong. I guess. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. Actually, I should have oh. found that. But no. So this movie was by Warner Brothers. Yes. Cool. Directed by Chris Columbus. Oh. Not the Explorer. Oh. <laughs> what else did Chris Columbus do? Home Alone. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Very family movie. Yeah. And that's why they chose him. I see. He wasn't J.K. Rowling's first pick, but Warner Bros. liked him because mm. of these successful family movies he had made. It felt very family. Yeah. Well, it is. Very it's kids, warm. you know. The, mm-hmm. the protagonists are kids you want. But I fell asleep, so maybe not. Oh, no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I mean, I, I wonder how many kids like you fell asleep. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh, I mean. No. I read the books for the first time two years ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You were a little late. I was very late. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. They're <laughs> so amazing. I feel bad for always like. But you had like, seen all of the movies all the way through. I hadn't seen the very last one. Because mm. I was part like, two. Yeah, because I was so already so lost mm. uh, that I was okay, like, okay. there's no point. I don't know what's going on. That's cool. So what how have you felt about the reads? Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's why I want to do it every year and I go back to it every year during the fall. It just feels so like it's very comforting. Mm -hmm. It's just a great story. Right. But yeah, so it started all in Sorcerer's Stone and UK was the Philosopher's Stone, which to me is a a pointless ass Uh. thing because, you know, it's like they had to reshoot every line in the movie that said sorcerer oh did they really have to yeah oh jesus the kids which was the oh sorry i was gonna say was the sequel the dungeon of secrets no (laughs) (laughs) i think this was the only one and yeah it's it's too much work you know it's like extra work unnecessary work to have to redo everything twice i just wonder if like the british cut is any different because of those different takes huh yeah I mean, right? I, it, they have to be because... A little different. Exactly. Yeah. I doubt they're overdubbed. It's like, <laughs> No, no, if, no, they're not. Right. They had to redo them. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if it... Hmm. That's interesting. I wonder if they redid them or if they did them just like at the same shoot. It's just like, all right, now we're going to do some with you saying the Sorcerer's Stone. That's how it was, yeah. Okay, yeah. The Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> right. Yeah, so... And, and you were... Inventing owner of the Sorcerer's Stone. I think you broke it up well when... So Cameron has lately been very good at recognizing the midpoint reversal mm. in movies that we watch. And the in, Harry, in this movie, the Sorcerer's Stone, is a little different because we have a lot of time of setup and right. world building before we get to like the main plot. So the midpoint reversal really happens a little after Just the midpoint. Just a little, mm-hmm. But it's still very clear. Mm-hmm, exactly. I don't remember. What, do you remember what I it do. was? I do. So okay. it's a shift and he goes, Nicholas Flamel. Who's Nicholas Flamel? <laughs> 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 I 
yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's kind of like. I think it's a right before Christmas. It's like the first time yeah, yeah, that yeah. they get it's coats like, on because it's cold oh out. My God, and so Hagrid is walking down and with the tree. Yeah. Oh. And they talk to him about the dog that they had just oh, discovered yeah. or whatever. Fluffy. Exactly. And they tell him what he's guarding. The only people that know about that is, you know, Albus Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and he's like, and then Harry, the, and the, I just remember the camera works so well, which by the way, I just, I noticed the camera, I remember the camera works so much in this movie. It's very great. And they push in to Harry Potter's face and going, looking off to the distance at Hagrid walking off going, Nicholas Flamel, who's Nicholas Flamel? <laughs> That's like a Daniel. <laughs> and yeah, so it just, and the whole tone shifts, right? It's because we get this piece of information that now propels the character and in, characters into one specific direction in the plot that now cannot be turned around. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, now we're def- we have a more defined trajectory now. Yeah. Okay. That That's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. But okay, let's backtrack a bit to Definitely. building this world. And I don't, I'm not going into a summary per se, just kind of trying to go more in order with talking points that good stand out to me so are we kind of like swaying or segueing into our our more spoiler land or yeah yeah ish? so like we warned before right spoilers but cool <laughs> i just before we do what were the numbers oh these were big okay so it was can i guess yes it was the highest grossing movie of 2001 oh damn and it's the 34th highest of all time okay that's good to know yeah i'm gonna say the budget was oh i don't have the budget oh shit <laughs> <laughs> i have how much they bought the rights for from oh, jk around i mean that well, how much oh let me guess yeah oh god oh I don't know how much these things usually go for. I mean, I kind of do, but were they, was it like 10 million? 10 million what? Dollars? No. <laughs> it was 1 million euros. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel Radcliffe got, for this movie, got paid 1 million euros. Wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's pretty he good for a star. For or a 10 like year old. A, yeah, a 10 year old <laughs> that like nobody knows yet. Right. They really, really wanted him. They thought he was a perfect fit. And I agree. He's like a perfect mm-hmm. Harry Potter. That's so Even though I knew him, I also like was a kid when I got to know. And I saw the movies first. So maybe it's different for people that read the book first. But I, I think he's like a great Harry Potter. That's cool. Yeah, I knew I knew how much the rights usually go to in American dollars. But I wasn't sure if because this was like some epic series yeah. with a bigger, longer distribution deal uh, or production deal that it might would be more maybe she got another extra amount per yeah. each book i think so because okay. so this was for one through four got it so i think you're right about what books were out right because yeah they bought i see books one through four got it not anything okay cool that. yeah generally in at least the states i think the going rate for an a-list writer is one to two million dollars per book yeah to be i mean that's right in the, the range mm-hmm. one I think a million euros was like 1.6. Right. Back then. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. So and the, made, I have worldwide. You have worldwide. Gross. I, oh God, worldwide gross is probably like, I'm going to say 925 million. 975. Ooh. You're so close. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's so close to a billion. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's the second highest grossing Harry Potter movie though. So oh. 
the last... I imagine the highest one was Deathly Hollows Part 2. Yeah, the very last yeah. one. So I think that one has about a billion. Man, that's incredible. I mean, I guess that just speaks to how great of a film this is. Well, it's more... I think it's more speaks to how great of a story it is. Okay. I think it's a very great adaptation, but the later books really lose it for me. And I Interesting. have... I have... And I it's didn't not, think I knew that. And it's not about the movie. It's not, I don't blame them. The books are way too long. And mm. I think the movies are very enjoyable to watch if you've read the books. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't, I mean, I have firsthand experience my whole life. I would see every movie, but I hadn't read the books, like mm-hmm. I said before. And I got so lost after Goblet of Fire. It and makes sense. They started introducing characters without really setting them up properly. Well, and then there's a lot of backs, not backstory, but there's like a, a lot of adult and big conflicts happening with like government and mm-hmm. stuff like that that doesn't come across in the movies you're just focused on the kids but right it's you like, really are focused there's on Harry a lot Rod of and like yeah there's a lot of important governmental and power and things oh. going on you know once like the ministry and the order of the phoenix and all these things come in it's kind of like wait what who who are all these adults like right right <laughs> what do they do i mean i feel like a uk audience even would be more um, able to understand able to grasp that as opposed to american cinema which is so character driven yeah well it's not even that it's that even just the accents <laughs> uh-huh. just like following good point and then then, then and they want their magic action <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah just just the accents by themselves lose me sometimes if like you know Interesting. every word is important i can't relate to that but because oh, you're not foreign oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah what else it's confusing about those i mean i don't know it's just a lot has to be left out as well so it's like gets really confusing so but as a kid or as a non-reader i think the first movie is very gettable like you you get it it, everything um, everything goes together very well. You get mm-hmm. one thing that leads into the next very well, which was yeah. something I noticed a lot more this go round of watching it. Yeah, it's very like, and at the end, everything has like a callback to mm-hmm. things they learned throughout the year and everything. So. Definitely. But anyway, so I was gonna say the the part I remember starting to fall asleep when I saw it in the movie theater is the mirror. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why I fell asleep. Yeah, it just, I remember it. It's like the energy just kind of dips down well, it's just a little like at very, that moment. It's like somber. It is. It's very somber. And depressing. <laughs> You're right. The, the thing about the beginning, <laughs> it's like the whole Dumbledore just dumps Harry onto abusive people issue. <laughs> that's, I know that's just like over dramatic. Like, the Dursleys are basically, like, one-dimensional cartoon characters. So, this is a controversy I, I had no idea about. What do you mean? Or, like, I just didn't know... I didn't ever thought of it as a thing. Really? Yeah. Well, it's not a controversy. It's just, like, ridiculous. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like... Or, to me, it's always, like, Dumbledore, like... You can just raise them in the woods with some wizard that volunteers, you know? You don't have to, like... Like Hagrid. Yeah. But I guess later it comes into play, like, the safety of family and shit which i think is a cop out i I don't know i still don't like that harry potter was like abused Mm -hmm. like it's okay for him to live 
you know, he was probably traumatized. I mean, did Hogwarts even have a mental health? Definitely center? not. <laughs> I think this is yeah, this is all pre. I mean, it's it's dramatized. It's like cartoonish, right? It. I don't think it's like the professors. Abuse that's like right. You know, uh, the professors are kind of counselors. Well, the professors have their own issues too, <laughs> like putting kids in danger in the oh, forest no. and shit. But yeah, so <laughs> they leave him with an abusive family. Oh man! But then it really. And they, I think in this movie they they exaggerated the most. No, the book is even worse. Oh no, no, I mean, yeah, no, I'm just saying in all of the movies, I feel like they exaggerate the dirtly, dirtlies, dirtlies, <laughs> dirtlies, the worst in this one, just because they, I guess, have the most power in this movie. Yeah, I guess the other ones they have mm-hmm. less power because he has magic. Right. But yeah, they're just supposed to serve as these like anti-magic, close-minded type people, mm-hmm. which it makes sense. It's more commentary, I guess, on. But the book gluttonous and mm. that kind of behavior. The book goes more into what their backstory is, right? A little bit, but not that much. It just goes... The book goes longer about Harry's life there mm-hmm. before everything. But the movie has to speed through it, which is fine. And I think the most... And I was telling Cameron this on our rewatch. Like the most, I feel like the most magical part of the whole series is like the whole sequence of like him getting to Hogwarts. Yeah. Like Hagrid taking him to Diagon Alley and then like the train and discovering Hogwarts kind of for the first time. So is. And I just like, I love looking at that entire first 30, excuse me, the first 30 (laughs) minutes. I like looking back at the first 30 minutes of this movie. It's so beautiful and Mm -hmm. it makes you feel a certain way. I think that this is what I would call a going back to school movie or just yeah. like just because of that. Right. It really feels like it. Yeah. They're well, that's getting their fall. supplies. That's why I like to start rereading them in like September. It's mm. like perfect. Like, oh, it makes yeah. sense. Back to school and then Halloween and Christmas. You know? Yeah. I want to touch <laughs> on that also, too, just at some point about this movie fitting all of the seasons in. You can now. OK. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure. So I just think it's cool that this movie fits in your Halloween, your Christmas, your, I guess later on, do they do like a Valentine's Day? I don't know if they fit that in, but I guess, and then, and then they do a spring break, but still they get around to spring. They have an Easter break in the books. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's just like, it's a way to fit in all of these holidays into a movie that I don't normally get to see. It's usually a movie just gets to focus on one season at at a time. And I like how they fit all of them in. Yeah. It's more emphasized in the fall and winter because... Once like spring rolls around, it's like Voldemort's attacking. Evil. So we're focused on <laughs> we're focused on that instead of just enjoying the seasons. Mm-hmm. It's like when <laughs> when the winter break comes, you know that you're at the halfway point. Right, <laughs> pretty much. Okay. Yeah, the the sequence of them going through Diagon Alley is great. Yes. So I I think this is a good point or a good episode to talk about meeting the characters because okay. like it's it's the first movie. Right. And. Uh, we talked about the Dursleys, and I mean Harry Potter. You just feel bad for him. He's just like a quiet kid. Thirty six. Blast it! Last year I had thirty seven. <laughs> That's Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like burning the bacon or trying not to burn the bacon, whatever. And he lives in the cupboard. Oh, mm. so sad. <laughs> Un- yeah, under uh, the cupboard. Cupboard under the stairs. That's right. <laughs> but then the m- first wizardy character we meet that meets Harry is uh, Hagrid, and. 
I think when he for, busts into the lighthouse that yeah. they've suddenly moved to, <laughs> <laughs> right. we're going to move to a lighthouse now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I, in the reviews I was seeing for the movie, he, his performance, Robbie Coltrane's performance of Hagrid was like one of the most praised things of the whole movie. Good. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's not an like, easy character. No, he's humongous. And he's so well known that? in the movie, like, or not, sorry, in the movie, in the book. Yeah. He's an important character. He, how is he so big? Is he I, is the actor that big? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, how do they do that? I don't know. Like a suit, right? Oh my god! I think so. That's crazy. It is. But anyway, th- that's very great, and he becomes sort of Harry's. He's Harry's friend, even though he's an adult. Mm-hmm. Throughout the whole series, he's like, the friendship is critical. It's a mentorship, really. Yeah, kind of. Even though a lot of times there's. There's times when like the trio is helping him. Oh yeah, and he's acting kind of childish. <laughs> sure. But yeah, but I think it's that trade-off, right? Yeah. So that's what make it makes it work. Right. He's sort of the one to explain to us a lot of the magical world that's terms, good point. like Muggle. See, that's another thing that makes it Voldemort. Right. You know <laughs> who? This is another thing that makes Harry Potter difficult to understand when the plot starts getting thicker in the later movies is it's also it's a fantasy world so you have a lot of made up words oh and when you you know you hear a word like muggle and you're like did he mean to say you know it's like uh-huh. you don't and and in the later books there's always new terms getting introduced and stuff and i think that's also a place where you can lose track of the plot and what's mm, going on get checked out yeah because you missed a term that's an important well, I think they like did a horcrux <laughs> or, you know, it's like, it's <laughs> well, I think they did a good job of explaining what yeah. those terms were so that you can use them later on. Yeah. We get that with Hagrid and we get like muggle and just all the things you need, wands, and we don't get introduced to Quidditch yet. Every flavor, jelly beans. Well, that's in the train. So then we have the train. But it comes back with the Dumbledore at the end. Right. Of course. Everything comes back. Yes. Okay. Snitch. So Hagrid gets him Hedwig his owl so that's where we get introduced to a lot of the magical objects it's true they're gathering his school books gringotts the bank right the goblins i love that by the way 713 gotta represent houston <laughs> oh. h-town <laughs> they did that on purpose i know oh yeah right. so jk rowling's the <laughs> bees knees i wanted to say that it's cool how you know, speaking of how one segment leads to the next nicely, well, he sees that Hagrid got Hedwig through the window of the wand shop, and the wand shop sequence or just that scene is so beautiful. I right. remember I fell in love with that scene as a kid, of and course. that to me is really what like communicates the most Christmassy fall type of feeling to me. Mister Ollivander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, yeah. He becomes important, very important in the end, towards mm-hmm. the end. Yeah. Interesting. Well, mm-hmm. he probably has to do some. Sort of say something or do something with the wands. Something. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that when we get to it. All right. But. Well, yeah. yeah so it's a very magical the, sequence. I guess what's important, we get some important information actually in that scene where oh, he goes Voldemort. that what's curious is that the feather that made that wand is from its brother. And that brother gave you that skull. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's word for word, I think, in the book as well. Nice. Yeah. Another thing is in the book, we actually, Harry meets Draco at the robe shop, getting his robes for school. That's like, and the encounter is very similar to when 
he first meets him in the movie back like once they're right. at Hogwarts. It's very similar, but I think for the purposes of this movie, it's smart that they pushed yeah. it back. Yeah, because it it serves kind of the same purpose. It's the right. same kind of like oh, and I like you want to hang with mm-hmm. us, and then Harry's like, no, I can tell the wrong sort for myself. Thanks. Right. It's <laughs> like I I like that we get his friends first. It establishes Ron and Hermione before then, and yeah. it still allows us to figure out what the magic world is before we're introduced to the antagonist. Yeah, very true. So yeah, we get to the train, and the platform nine and three quarters is an important part. For the him what to, platform nine and three quarters? There's no such thing. Yeah, for him to meet the Weasleys because they're talking about Muggles, and so he hears Muggle and he's like, "Oh, they're follow them," even though it's a dead giveaway. They all have big ass carts, Owls. like well, carts <laughs> like Cages him. For yeah. The, yeah, it's like okay, <laughs> obviously, and he meets the whole Weasley family there, and we get introduced to the twins and Ron as like. Someone also starting out and being friendly, you know, mm-hmm. and then he gets on the train and they become friends there. Very like little boy sort of ways, just kind of like wicked with a scar. Right. Know? Exactly. <laughs> well, Ron doesn't say a word. Uh, yeah. But he's like friendly, like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then he gets in his compartment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and also, I guess an important bit, it's subtle, but I noticed it here in, in this viewing that we get a hint of Ron's socioeconomic status. Oh, yeah, and the sandwich. Well, it's the lot, the candy, right? Right. And the sandwich, right, exactly. So he's like, she's like, you know, do you want any? And and he goes, sorry, I'm all set with my sandwich. And yeah. then Harry's like, I'm we'll a rich the- baller. <laughs> we'll take the lot. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, so then they pig out, and, right. and then we're introduced to... Hermione. That's what I'm... One of my favorite, maybe my second favorite entrance. <laughs> we'll talk about the first. <laughs> uh, Hermione, yeah, she's like, have any of you seen a toad? A boy's Neville's lost one. Oh, yeah, so we hear about Neville. <laughs> right, he's always losing his toad, especially in the book. Did you mention Ginny? No, but oh, she's not that important in this one. I know. We'll save her I for just, it, Chamber of Secrets. We do see her. Right, she's There's tiny. a nod to her, yeah. she She's not in school yet, though. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Hermione comes in helping look for the toad and he's like, are you doing magic? <laughs> it's like, I do spells and they all work for me and whatever. <laughs> right. And they're they're, they're basic bring. spells, but yeah. they've all worked for me. <laughs> right. She's so funny and pretentious. Amazing. She really is. She's so, uh, I love that. Wait, is she, so she full muggle? Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't know if she was half blood. No, ha- Harry is half blood. Got it. Well, yeah, no, he's not. Well, kind of, he is, because his mom is like what Hermione is. Okay. Yeah, whatever. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Hermione's full Muggle-born, but she's also. Wait, do we need to explain what any of that is about? What to our listeners? What what a Muggle is, is? They know what a Muggle is at this point. Okay. Okay. Non-magic person. Okay. Non-magic folk. I think <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> so yeah Hermione is all like I'm Hermione Granger and you are and he's like Weasley. and she's like pleasure <laughs> <laughs> you've got some dirt on your nails did you know <laughs> just there yeah 
So. What is that even supposed to mean? <laughs> I never got it. I was like, it's in the book as well, I think. <laughs> I feel like you could cut that and the yeah. movie would be the same. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Hermione. And in the movies, it's a little more like... Like in the books, they really didn't like her. And she was just kind of like an extra almost. But until the whole troll thing. But oh. in the movie, she's more integrated from the beginning. Definitely. Um, And I think it's just for the audience not to get confused and and by this time the fourth book has already come out so they they know how much of a critical role she that's, plays that's a good point yeah that's a little different in the books so the train lands well we're not going right away okay. i think the next thing is we so we meet uh mcgonagall who right is maggie smith and is iconic first years gather yeah she's like the strict fair professor I, I just remember I love seeing the boats crossing yes. over to Hogwarts. And that's the I feel like that's the first time we really get the orchestral theme music oh, for I wanna <laughs> cry. Harry Potter. <laughs> it's oh. such a beautiful tilt up. Oh, yeah. oh. that's true. Oh, my God. So it's great. And that's just so Halloween-y, you know? Yes, <laughs> it so is. Like, how awesome. I remember, like, I wanted to always go to school in a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Why can't I travel a a little boat across a lake (laughs) to my school on an island castle? No, yeah, it's awesome. And, okay, so Maggie Smith is McGonagall. Cool. And she's head of Gryffindor. Very just. That's her whole thing. Yeah. And she's a cat, which is amazing. Oh, in terms of what she can transform into? Yeah, she's Can she transform into anything else, though? No. Just she's, a cat. She's an animagus. What does Dumbledore transform into? Nothing. Not, not everyone's. Not everyone's an animagus. Oh, okay. Very, What's an animagus? Uh, we'll get to it in the third book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the third movie, I mean. So, yes, McGonagall is the one that te- takes the first years to get sorted, and they get sorted, and we have the... With Im- the sorting hat? With the sorting hat. We have the important moment of... Harry almost getting Slytherin Not for Slytherin. shady reasons. That that whole conversation in the book happens in their head. And I think in the movie, it's also like you can assume it's probably in their head. Right. You know, you can interpret it that way is what I mean. But in they the make movie, it it's out loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it was more cinematic. Yeah. So he gets in Gryffindor. Gryffindor's real excited about it. Is that when the clap happens? Dumbledore's clap? Oh, you, I think no. So. I feel like he claps for real for that. No? no, no, no. For Harry, he does. But when he oh, does the yeah, hand yeah, clap yeah. for uh, like Ron, I guess, either yeah, Hermione or Ron or someone. Yeah. It, well, I just remember it being a, a interesting thing where he, he, you see him just doing basic claps like that. Yeah, It's like the one where he claps. And he puts like, his hands together for Harry. Yeah. He claps like the back of his hand mm-hmm. lightly. It's, it's I'm so trying to adorable. describe it. Good. <laughs> it. It's silly. It's like a popular gif. But yeah, for Harry, he claps for real because Everyone knows Dumbledore's super biased towards Gryffindor, as always. Right. So before... <laughs> told at the end. Right. Or shown at the end. Exactly, which is messed up. <laughs> I, I, I totally didn't even notice that until you had mentioned it on this viewing. I just never noticed that he was biased towards Gryffindor. Well, because he is a Gryffindor. Right. Well, now I know, <laughs> and it's true. Yeah, he is. Well, this scene is important just not only for sorting them, obviously, and making them into the houses that they're going to stay in all seven years, but it establishes Dumbledore. It, it actually establishes, now that I think about it, all of the teachers' kind of relationships mm. to all of the uh, these key students that yeah. are in this sorting hat. What was her name? Maggie Ketz or whatever. She, I, the Maggie girl, Smith? Maggie Smith. Wait, what? 
No, the the like the, the never mind. Who? The other girl that comes up that they show and you were like, Oh, she actually is an important person in the book, but they don't show her much in the movies. Oh, she was not that important, okay. but one of the Hufflepuffs they saw. Susan Bones. Right. It's just random that they do it. And so anyways, what I was trying to say is that they establish like Snape's relationship to everyone. But then they also establish Dumbledore's importance to Harry Potter, because before this, the only other time we'd seen him was at the opening shot with him dropping off the baby. So it's it's important for us to see that Dumbledore has this uh, dedication to Harry. Yeah. No, yeah, of course. Everyone was super nervous to see where Harry Potter, because he's famous already. So it's like everyone wants him in their house, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, so we see, we also see Quirrell there, and we see Snape give a death stare to a 10 year old, like an immature <laughs> asshole, as usual. I hate Snape. I'm a. You I'm, hate I'm in, Snape? Listen, listen, listen. I'm in the anti Snape. How could you? Because have some snapeathy. No, (laughs) he's awful. But uh, there's a big but. Alan Rickman is amazing. (laughs) Oh, you'll give him a sympathy card for Alan Rickman? No, I don't give Snape anything. I just Alan Rickman is amazing in this. (laughs) Like his entrance is my favorite entrance, probably in like almost any movie ever in terms of storming into the potions class already giving a speech with (laughs) his cape flying like i will not have any uh, nonsense foolish wand waving (laughs) (laughs) foolish wand waving (laughs) it's like that speech is so amazingly delivered (laughs) would you say that snape in the movie is a better character than in the book yeah because of how dramatic he is (laughs) i mean I still hate the character because he's an asshole to kids. Like, who, you know, <laughs> how much lower can you get? I hate him. But just Alan Rigman's looks, we were like laughing every time because <laughs> he was just like darts his eyes around and like <laughs> just makes dramatic faces everywhere. Oh my God. It's, he's amazing. He's so That torn. entrance <laughs> is like, holy shit. Welcome back to <laughs> another portion of High Key Book Club. Yes. We were talking about Snape we were, and but, the potion sequence. Right, but we, we talked about that. I think we covered kind of like the first half-ish or a lot of it. So, But we didn't get into the Quidditch, Quidditch game. <laughs> right, that's what I was going to say. You owe me a Coke. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> a topo, fine. Oh my God. So... Yes, Quidditch. we are exposed to the wizarding sport, mm-hmm. which is Quidditch. And so this happens when they're on the broomstick. Right. They have that little debacle because <laughs> Malfoy. Well, it's a stupid sequence because Hermione is being good and trying to convince the boys to stop. And Harry's like, I'm not having it. I can't have my pride insulted this way exactly so he goes after Malfoy and breaks the rules but then he gets rewarded for it that's the worst part it's part of the Hogwarts spirit I got it (laughs) so yeah he demonstrates like a natural ability for the brooms yeah so and and it's important I think that this is an important way of showing how all of the scenes in the movie 
connect to each other and lead into the next very well because we immediately find out that Harry has a knack, a natural uh, gift for an innate ability. For seeking and catching. Because mm-hmm. we and we first see that immediately when they're all all the students are struggling to pick up the broomstick right. and, and immediately he goes up and it just comes straight up. Yeah, He's yeah. like, whoa. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Hermione and, gives him that look. Right. I love that. Like jealous. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's an important moment because it's... Yeah, up to this point, Harry feels very insecure about his magic knowledge. And basically exactly. Ron is sort of serving as like the person helping educate him without shaming mm-hmm. him or anything. So, so he Harry's has, still trying to figure out where his skills are, right? Well, yeah, he, he's like... What worried. makes him special? Well, and he's worried because all a lot of these other kids grew up with magic and right. everything around them, and they how know, can he compete? Yeah, and he's just like, I'm gonna be shitty at this because I I haven't been around it ever. Right. And this is the first time he's like, oh, I'm I'm good at something. Yeah. Magical at something magical. So it's a very important sort of confidence booster. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He's like the first seeker, the first seeker in a century. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. The youngest seeker, or whatever. right? In yeah. a century, right? And he's all like confident now. I love how the segue to that is. So w- what we see is we're, we're not sure if he's in trouble or not. Professor right. McGonagall just grabs him and then drags him through the halls, and goes we're not, to yeah, yeah. So she goes to what's his name? Wood. Wood. Yeah. Who I guess is the Gryffindor leader for the captain, the, the captain for the yeah. Quidditch team, and we hear McGonagall just say. I found your new seeker. <laughs> and we get this we get this look of Harry's like, what's a seeker? Right. And he then know. yeah, right. And then it cuts to the next scene and coming into the scene, mm-hmm. we see nearly headless headless Nick talking to another ghost going, "Did you hear <laughs> like they get rumors too?" <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you what hear Harry ghost? Potter's the Gryffindor seeker? I always <laughs> knew the boy had it in him. <laughs> right. And then, and we also get all the rules explained uh-huh. by Wood, yeah. also in that sequence, right. kind of when he has his first practice, and Harry learns like officially all the rules and how it works, and it's it's a complicated and weird sport. It is actually that I still I don't mean, really like. I mean, the whole point of getting the hundred fifty points. It seems like when you catch the, I guess okay, okay, and that's what makes getting the points matter. When you're hitting right. through the goals. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's a In weird. Theory. It's very weird to have like a ball that determines so many points that usually means you win. Like that's kind of crazy. But it works in a weird way. I, I still don't understand how like Quidditch now, like in real life, you know how there's like Quidditch <laughs> yeah. leagues now? Right. I don't understand how that one works, actually. <laughs> one of the students actually in my class chose the UT Quidditch team practice to do as her short doc. I've literally seen a short doc of the UT Quidditch <laughs> yeah. team already. And it was epic. I, think I would it was love a, to see it. I think it was a grad student film. Nice. Because it was like intense. And yeah, yeah, like amazing. It, yeah. It was really good. I saw it like my freshman year or something. So nice. it was a while back. Cool. So... Yeah, it's what uh, pop quiz. What's the longest Quidditch game that ever played in Harry Potter? Yeah, in the Harry Potter world, extended universe. Uh, three months or something. Uh, okay. What do you say? I don't know exactly, but I'm what? gonna go with that. You don't even know. No, I don't know exactly. How. I know it's like some crazy long amount. Yeah, though. it was in the book, but mm-hmm. I forgot the detail. <laughs> it was like something like that. Like they kept having to switch 
players out. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a weird concept. <laughs> right. And how far does the snitch go? Does it? Can it go like? Yeah, I I was wondering that too. I don't know. <laughs> so Quidditch is a really important sport that are pretty much only sport that we know of in this well, world. Well, yeah, it's like their soccer. Right. If you're the rest of the world, or their football, if you're in the mm-hmm. U.S. <laughs> But and Harry Potter's I the mean, seeker. He wins exciting. the game. Yeah, he catches it in his mouth, which is important later on. Oh, it comes back way later on. Him catching it in his mouth. What's yeah. important about that? I can't tell you because spoilers. Oh. But it's like way at the end. So at the of the series. Yeah. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, because you don't follow. Oh my god! I'm excited for like whenever we get to the podcast about the later movie so that i can help explain the things that are so unclear (laughs) in the movies you know i'm I'm looking forward to it too because i always want to get schooled and you haven't read the book so i don't blame you for like i was always super lost right so well you haven't read past five or right or something well we see another important part in the quidditch game and that's that snape is doing some kind of spell on harry's broomstick (laughs) yeah so the whole movie was set up very obviously, pretty much to think Snape is like right. the villain. Like he That's looks that misdirection. like a vi- yeah, he looks like a villain. He gives dramatic stares. You know, he's and I, I mean shady. More or less, all of the all of the observations that Harry makes, he lead he can be led to that conclusion. Yeah. But also, Harry's always like very much quickly jumping to Snape just because <laughs> Snape hates him and he hates Snape. So right. like, he's always like. Snape must have done it because he was over there, you know. It's like exactly. Very, yeah, he like Harry is already has a bias, <laughs> clearly from the beginning. Because Snape is head of Slytherin house, which makes sense. Slytherins are evil. It was so <laughs> mean that he was literally taking notes during the class, and I Snape know, calls him out. Word. I hate Come that. on. He was literally writing, Brew Glory, <laughs> Stop or Death. <laughs> like the dramatic speech, taking notes of that. Yeah. And it I must know. be so hard for him having to use a quill oh. <laughs> over a pin. Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's the other thing about magic, the magic world that's very interesting, how they... Their technology? Yeah, they didn't... They have magic, so they don't ever need technology, but they live like old timey. Right. That was an observation we made it. in this viewing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a common thing. I wonder. They don't need it, airplanes because they really, have trains. Should I? No, I shouldn't reveal my billion dollar idea remake of Harry Potter, should I? You shouldn't reveal it now, no. Okay, okay. You got to save that to the end. Okay, fine. But I think, <laughs> I think nowadays at the level we're at now, technology really is magic. I agree. Like the how much we use it and rely on it now. Absolutely. I think it is. It's very close, you know? We're living in magical days and <laughs> bitches better appreciate. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we got introduced to Quidditch, which becomes very important. I mean, obviously, Harry's only 10 or 11 and he's already good. So like it be. It's an important part of his life, the whole series, mm-hmm. obviously. We also see McGonagall gives him the firebolt, which in the book, I mean, not the, the firebolt. Fire what the heck is fire, that? that? That's later. <laughs> what the heck is a firebolt? Oh, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> the Nimbus 2000. <laughs> <laughs> Nimbus 2000. Yeah. At this time mm-hmm. of the world, anything was 
cool if it had 2000 at the end. Right. Uh, Yeah. It's like SimCity 2000. (laughs) Yeah. McGonagall gives it to him. In the book, it's a little more like McGonagall tells him he's getting it. Mm -hmm. She's getting the broomstick and all that. In the movie, though. It's more like, oh, it's a sweet touch. It's just like a look. Right. And it's a nod. Um, And and it's a gift. And it comes flying out of the ceiling. It it doesn't. And they play it well because they compare it to how all of his friends in the Gryffindor house are always getting gifts oh, yeah, and letters like, and presents. Oh, yeah, he's like, I never get anything. Right. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. Poor Harry. <laughs> I feel so bad. I know. Oh, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So that was that's Quidditch. I never get anything. <laughs> I know. It's like, I wonder what it is. It's like clearly <laughs> the shame. <laughs> right. Yeah. So the, like the second part is really after they find out Nicholas Flamel's name because they they run into Fluffy and realize she, she's guarding and that was by something. accident right by accident they're right. wandering they're running the wandering the staircase and yeah. they weren't paying attention well when <laughs> that's just in the movie yeah it was just so funny how shocked they were they were like what's going on the staircase is shifting <laughs> and then they go into the what was alluded into the, the opening speech, from yeah. Dumbledore the where he goes floor. there are only two rules one do not visit the third floor off to limits to everyone unless you do not wish to die a most painful death well, luckily they didn't die a most painful death, but they go and they get caught up in this dungeon that they didn't mean to go into, and Filch almost catches them. But Miss Norris, I know, I love so Miss Norris. I know everyone hates her in the books, but she's a cat. Yeah, and she's smart. Well, the gate was <laughs> locked for good reason, right? And Hermione opens it. Yeah, or worse, right. expelled. Oh, I know that. Yeah, so this is already when Hermione's friends with them. We had the whole troll thing where she was where they bonded. We touched on it briefly. It's during Halloween and it's after yeah, Ron makes a right. comment because he feels threatened by her intelligence of Wingardium Leviosa. Oh, yeah. And Ron is like, no wonder she doesn't have any friends. And she's like crying and then she's in the bathroom and then they, they go save her and then she takes the blame and that... right forms an unbreakable bond exactly and and we see well the way we get introduced to the troll being in the dungeon is from professor coral storming oh, yeah. into the grand hall troll. troll in the dungeon yeah dungeon but he now. he put it there exactly <laughs> exactly so he makes himself the least suspicious yeah. but snape's not having it it's we get a quick scene quick cut of seeing snape run out, run out to the stair behind the scene yeah whoever who, whoever smells it dealt it that's what I mean. Quarrel with yeah, guilty. He you was. Know, you get it. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase, but you've never heard that phrase. No. You know what it's referring to? Your candles. No. <laughs> well, no. Farts. Ew. Oh my god. Okay. I mean, you've it never makes heard sense. that phrase. I know it's weird. I'm so southern, but I've never heard the phrase like that. Oh my god, you're an alien. I know. They don't fart. <laughs> Whoever smelt it, dealt it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something people say in school. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you being a boy, especially. I know, right? I don't know. That's weird. No. Okay. Anyway, I just meant I was applying it to the trolls. Right. It's funny, and I got and I got schooled. <laughs> right. So after the dungeon scene, well, or, or just the troll scene. Yeah, that was kind of like before. Yeah. We, we kind of keep backwards, plugging back. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, the, the, the cloak. Real, 
Well, the cloak he gets at Christmas. Right. Um, I feel like that's where we're at, but. Oh. Well, we're trying to figure out who Nicholas Hamel is. Right. Because Hagrid lets it slip. That's right. And they're trying to figure out in the library, and he's using the cloak to get around. Right. And he finds a mirror. He sees his parents, his mm -hmm. most wishful, which is like the most depressing thing. Well, Hermione had to go home for Christmas. Well, well, this is too much in the weeds. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. So going forward to the mirror, uh, well, the cloak is his dad's, right? Right. And we assume that his dad left it to Dumbledore, who then gifts it to Harry. Which is accurate. Mm -hmm. And then using it, he comes across this hidden mirror in Left in Hogwarts. Yeah. And, And an important thing happens where he sees his parents yeah in the reflection but it's it's like he gets kind of obsessed with it and then dumbledore's like hey you can't get obsessed with it because that's what always happens to people Mm -hmm. you know right so and that and and this is do you think that maybe it's a allusion to addiction yeah i mean it definitely says like human or people have wasted away in front of it you know what i when i was a kid i read it as what happened to voldemort like oh. how Voldemort looked in the mirror forever and always saw himself as some grandmaster, you know, powerful wizard. And that that's that was at least the message that I always got. Hmm. But that he would never be like, that's how he lost his way. I see. I never yeah. read it that way. And I don't think it's ever discussed. But I mean, it becomes it comes back around at the very end. It, it's Dumbledore's test for the stone because. Right. So they figure out. Nicholas Flamel is this old ass alchemist who's mm-hmm. like over 600 years old. <laughs> yeah. I, this is the first time I had noticed that they said that last year when Hermione's reading it in the book, it says she says last year who uh, Nicholas Flamel, who last year celebrated his 665th birthday, <laughs> implying that like this year now. It, when she's reading it, he's 666 years old. I don't think that was on purpose. <laughs> I mean, there there was no way. I mean, they wouldn't just use such a specific I year for know. no reason. He's not the devil. I know, but it's alluding to some dark energy. He's not. He's good. He's no, friends. I know he's not, but it's like... He's friends with Dumbledore. I mean, he loses the Sorcerer's Stone on his 666th oh, birthday. Yes, That's true, but he's he's willing. He's okay with it. Because mm-hmm. of the damage it could do. That's right. Yeah, they they figure out Nicholas Flamel, and let's skip to the climax. Okay. Because I mean, we have the side plot with the dragon, which becomes. Oh, I guess that's important because <laughs> so the Hagrid has a dragon, and they get caught out being out. Right. That's that's the the main part that's important. They get caught by Malfoy, so they all get in trouble and get detention. And in the book, it's actually Hermione, Harry. Neville and Draco oh. and instead of Ron because Ron is in the hospital with a broken something or other okay and, <laughs> and they're like that's not important for the story right so they just put in Ron and then Skelligrow doesn't come until the next movie movie yeah <laughs> so the their detention which is like the most ridiculous detention to give 11 year olds <laughs> is to go into this dangerous forbidden forest Enchanted with woods. just one Hagrid and one dog that's pretty useless <laughs> So to find out what's killing unicorns, like <laughs> that's so dangerous. And that's kind of where we get introduced to the first like Voldemort moment. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> because we're not sure, but it's like so dark and creepy that we can assume it's probably Voldemort. Mm-hmm. And they talk about it after. I, I wanted to make a comment here on a little bit on the production of the end of things, because 
I think this scene, in addition to another scene that I'll just briefly mention, is an important example of how it looked to me uh, upon this viewing that they were doing making certain creative choices visually in order to cut costs on some special effects because if you notice we don't really get i mean it's practical too we don't want to see voldemort right now they want to hide him but we really just see a drapery right this robe floating around and nothing else um and they could have made it where they did like these special effects on voldemort more well but right now he's barely like anything anything. he's he's not a human at all yeah so it's kind of like he's a weird being, mm-hmm. ghostly being type right. thing. This is a really dark moment, and so, but we don't get too many like special effects besides the uh, centaur that comes out. Yeah. Well, I wanted to make another point that I noticed something similar where they're learning how to perform Wingardium Leviosa, and at the end of the scene, I I can't remember that student's name. He oh Seamus Seamus yeah. he explodes. Well, we don't we don't ever actually see an explosion happen. Right. Instead, it just like it cuts away to the professor having this bright light that shines on him and a sound effect yeah. and. It just showed to me that, like, they didn't want to go through the troubles of trying to produce an explosion. Yeah. Well, they already had so much with Quidditch. Yeah, exactly. And dragons. Animated three-head dog. Yeah. Yeah. All the creatures. Basically, Mm -hmm. all the creatures in Quidditch, I think, are the main. Chocolate frogs. Yeah. (laughs) So, So, it's a lot. So, I just liked thinking about that from a producing standpoint. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for sure. It had really great visual effects that still stand pretty well today. I have to agree. Like... The Quidditch scenes are pretty cool and like pretty exciting, like action filled, you know, for sure. That's what that's something that I just definitely appreciated watching this over again was that the special effects, they hold up and it looks really true even to this day. Yeah. So it's really good. I guess the first one we really get is with the glass going away when they're in the aquarium and and the snake. (laughs) Oh, we never we didn't mention how like, no, it's just important that we. He's parcel time. Right. And it's his first example of doing something. Well, but he's always had stuff before. Right. It's just in the first time in the movie that we see it. Right. So anyway, after the unicorn scene, we see the centaur come out and, and talk him. to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, centaurs are really important in the books, not so much in the movies. Mm. Like we get to know them more by name and Hagrid talks to them and stuff mm. like that. But Man, that's yeah. so cool. What? I love centaurs. <laughs> oh, good. I wish they were a little more involved. In the movies. For sure. Yeah, because they're pretty involved in the books at right. certain points. So what, what happens after the unicorn? I can't quite remember. Well, that's kind of getting into like, the the one shit goes down right and i had a feeling i mean it's like we see somebody who right. just so i think they decide they must oh i guess hermione just realizes that it was the dog was sitting under a trap door or no no no, no, no they, she already knew that zeleni is looking at the <laughs> chapter order to see what happens yeah. after that yeah basically after the forbidden forest they they're going they just decide to yeah. go and because they find out Dumbledore is oh yeah gone yeah I remember reading that or hearing that in the movie so specifically she was like as long as Dumbledore's here you can't be touched. yeah and then they're like oh Dumbledore left to London <laughs> yeah right and they're like what not now yeah and then they run and McGonagall's like I sh- I show you I don't know how you know about that stone but it I is think, protected yeah. But then they're like, nah, we can handle it. Let's go. And they find out from Hagrid how to get past Fluff. Oh, they figure out basically that Hagrid told the person that gave him the egg how to get past Fluffy. And then they run up. 
to go stop him, which they they keep assuming it's Snape. They keep saying so Snape wait, got it. Out is of the you. idea that Professor Quirrell is who get, sold Hagrid the yeah. egg? Okay, he, he got was, it. Yeah, with his non-stuttery mm-hmm. real accent. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and they run, and this is when they they get. So basically, the stone is protected by Tess from like everyone at Hogwarts. Basically. Right, and and we've seen allusions to both of these. Uh, types of tests throughout the movie well, so all far. Of them basically mm-hmm. Fluffy is Hagrid's test. Right. And then the Devil's Snare is Herbology, Prof- Professor Sprout. Oh, uh, okay. Test. And that's why when they get past it, uh, Harry's like, lucky Hermione pays attention in Herbology. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one is like, it, it's He's not a- relaxing, is he? <laughs> So the next test is charms. So Flitwick did it. The Wingardium Leviosa professor. Oh. Um, <laughs> on the keys? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. charms. Making things levitate. And it serves as like Harry's Quidditch test yeah. <laughs> as well. Because it's he can read, basically right. his job on the team. And then. Which is like his skill. Right. Oh, so like they all have like certain skills yeah. that. If they weren't there to do that, then mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been able to get past that yeah, level. So Hermione it, did the herbology. Harry does the key. Mm-hmm. In the book, it's a little different. I think Harry kind of figures out Devil's Snare a little bit, but it's less dramatic. And then Hermione's test, where she comes in later, is cut from the movie. So I think that's oh, why they I made see. Hermione okay. be the expert on herbology. That would make sense. And then the next test is Ron's chest test which is mcgonagall's test because transfiguration is like enchanting the pieces to be alive whoa cool (laughs) i didn't realize that right this is going to be exactly like wizard's chess yeah and it's a big deal because ron is like a really great chess player exactly it's it's really cool it's a very epic scene it's Mm -hmm. scary it is it's so scary i was scared it looks so real like in terms of animation geez yeah that whole climax is pretty scary as a kid i, I was scared like i i thought of it as like almost a scary movie you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned something while we were watching it about how the climax of the movie feels like a video game climbing yeah, levels yeah because it's like levels of things and it's all like stuff you learned back when, right <laughs> yeah now you got to apply it right to get to the boss level mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after the chess game ron gets knocked out but hermione and harry move forward and in the book no it's just harry well i'm saying in the, in book. the book okay in the book because the next test is snape's what? test oh what is what do they have? oh is it a potion uh, yeah it's like basically these potions and it's basically a long riddle it's huh. all it's all a logic puzzle oh. and Hermione figures it out, but it, it has nothing to do with magic. It's literally like the one on the left is this, the one on the right is uh, that, right. and you have to figure out. So they, in the test, they have fire behind them and fire in front of them, so they can't walk through it. And only one of the bottles in front of them, they have like five or something, only one of the bottles gets them through the fire. Hmm. So they have to figure out which one it is by this like weird riddle. And it's very much a logic puzzle. And Hermione gets it. But there's only enough for one of them. So Harry goes on by himself. Oh. And she goes back to Ron. This is amazing. And so what we're seeing here are the teachers who, I mean, it wasn't as clearly defined in the movie, I don't think. But we see how the teachers all together conspired to create these barriers that Mm -hmm. could more powerfully protect the stone. More so than the bank could, obviously. Right. 
And then, well, but a bunch of 11-year-olds got past it at the same time. <laughs> there you go. But that's just because it's a kid's book. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then... The, the youth are the future. They <laughs> the children are the future. <laughs> right. And after Snape's test... Beca- again, Which isn't in the movie. Right. <laughs> so after chess in the movie... We get to Dumbledore's test, which is the mirror of Erised. Mm. I like how in the, I'm just going to say that I like how in the movie they mm-hmm. make Hermione stay behind after the chess game to help heal Ron. That I think help adds to building up their relationship later yeah. on. Down and the they line. have like that moment where she's like tells Harry, like, no, you're brave. You can do it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's it's an important moment for them too, also to bond. Good point. So then the mirror. But we see. Somebody right. standing in front of the mirror. A plot twist. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's squirrel. It, it can't be you. You kept calling him a squirrel. Oh, no. <laughs> the other day. Oh, God. <laughs> You're like, squirrel? Professor Squirrel? <laughs> right. So it's him and his weird turban that the Weasleys made fun of. Oh. What? Professor Quirrell. Yeah, it wasn't. He didn't have a stutter. <laughs> all along yeah it's that's so creepy i was legit terrified as a kid watching that god he suddenly With, becomes so sinister like he well, goes from being yeah. so innocent to so sinister it's so scary and then when he takes off the turban oh god oh my god that's terrifying but you are not ready my master oh my god yeah i am strong enough for this Ugh. Gross. Our first official encounter with Voldemort. Exactly. Scary. It's horrible. Having a whole parasite growing on the back of your head. I know. Gross. God, how do you do that? Yeah. And then he dies in a mysterious way. (laughs) It's really unexplainable. Yeah. Apparently, Harry has love from his mother baked into his skin, (laughs) and that's a magical power that will fend off all evil right no it's i think it's deeper than that but i don't i feel like that gets into spoiler territory sure so um, i i still don't understand is it because coral had decided to use his body as a host for this you know quote-unquote parasite or virus that he just crumbles because he um, doesn't have any actual in the book he doesn't crumble oh. he just burns oh. yeah it's dark it's a dark ending for a kid's book. It's pretty scary. <laughs> it's one of the scarier book endings, I feel like. Oh. Just creepy, you know? Yeah. The other ones are more like normal action. So what happens? Harry Potter, he faints. So, no, basically he looks in the mirror and right. the test is only the person that wants to find the stone can see it because the people that want to use it see themselves like with the elixir instead Mm. so harry wanted to find it somebody who didn't want who wanted the stone but didn't want to use it could get it yeah because their deepest desire is just to find it so that the other guy can't have it Uh, or to protect it yeah so that's why harry it ends up with him and then voldemort knows and tries to attack him i want i want to see more of that harry potter that's in the mirror he looks so cool oh he like wings <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's so funny i don't think i have it in the book but it's, it's a funny moment <laughs> he looks yeah. so confident and right. cool <laughs> it's yeah. like the james dean of <laughs> alter ego yeah that's where james dean went in the mirror <laughs> right yeah so 
he ends Quirrell and Voldemort. He ends Quirrell. <laughs> no, he doesn't end Voldemort. What? I said I'm Voldemort. I wasn't done. Oh. And Voldemort flies away. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> um, his spirit soars. <laughs> that makes it sound so positive. <laughs> it does. <laughs> his, yeah. his spirit escapes. Yeah, so we're okay for now. <laughs> and then he leaves Dumbledore. He faints and they find him. I guess Dumbledore finds him. Yeah. yeah. And then he's in the infirmary and he's back. And right. Yeah. He has yeah. all these presents and right. candy waiting for him. And then he sees his friends like once he gets to leave and Hermione's like, never better. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go to the end of year feast where they're going to award the house cup and which I, Gryffindor is in last place because they lost 150 points when the, they were yeah. got detention. So they were hated for a while there. But then Dumbledore's like, JK. I'm going to give you those points back. Gryffindor gets 200 points or just enough, just the exact amount they to beat Slytherin. They technically get 170 points. Yeah. Slytherin had 160. Right. Or 460, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, they it, get 50, 50, less. and then Harry gets 60, yeah, and then Neville, gets <laughs> Neville, for outstanding courage in front of your friends. Well, it, it was for, it takes a lot of courage to stand up to your enemies, but even more to stand up to your friends. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. There you go. Good. Yeah, I know. And it's just like that crazy Dumbledore. Those comics are hilarious. Shout out to those Dumbledore comics that are really funny and show Dumbledore uh-huh. Like show his how bias. goofy he is really yeah. with his decisions, <laughs> and it's I don't know what which is called, I feel still like I still feel like it's true to the stereotype, like the trope of the old mage, the wizard. Yeah, they, yeah. they would call that him the hermit. That they're kooky and yeah, he's like a little crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And he definitely is, but he's just so biased to Gryffindor. It's like, and it's so cruel to like make Slytherin think. They're winning until the literally the he last He literally second. says first place is Slytherin. Yeah. However. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have last minute points. <laughs> convenient. How convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the movie. Well, and then he goes home. He goes home. And summer. we see some beautiful shots of Harry when he's young, smiling yeah. off in the distance. And he's, I mean, he, he tells us what we know, obviously, that Hogwarts is his home because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're going home. And he's like, no, I'm not going home. <laughs> I always found that shot to be just a little awkward, though, of him so, so statuesque in the leaning out of the cart of the train, waving out when the smoke is behind him. And he's just so still smiling and waving as it's Aww, moving. He's cute. <laughs> he is. He's super cute. <laughs> Something that I've been curious about, uh, especially since after rewatching it now and thinking about a producer and what how they schedule a shoot is did it look like to you at all that in those final shots of them leaving the tr- the platform, did they look like they were the younger version at the beginning of the movie versus the version that like they would have been like a year older? What? What I'm trying to say is that it looks like they shot that scene of them exiting the platform the same as the same time that they shot the train coming onto the platform oh. at the beginning of the year. I think it's because th- it look- wasn't that filming wasn't that long so like they weren't going to change that much over the filming right i just feel like i could tell enough difference between that and like them filming the final sequences but i could be wrong i don't know i don't you don't, I don't think so see it. i okay. didn't i didn't notice all right well just speculating 
Right. So I guess that is the finale. And we have this beautiful outro music, orchestral. And it just all wrapped up really nicely. And with this movie, I love the acting. I love the cinematography. I love the editing. And I just love the feel of it. Yeah, the magic. Uh, There's a real feeling to it. It also appeared to me that it was shot on on actual film. I don't think that it was shot digitally. And that was something that just kind of gave it this extra authenticity to it Mm -hmm. to me. What's your final grade? A plus. A plus. How did I? There was how some, could I? There ask? was a lot of criticisms I saw on Wikipedia. I was like, how rude. Yeah, they're like lack of imagination and shit like that. And it's literally like the most imaginative. It really is. Story. I mean, it's not necessarily an average. Well, there's like not. nothing in there besides that the one thing I had mentioned that it like should not be in here. Right. Right. Yeah. Like every scene, every shot, like really seems to matter. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why they're so mad. They're just hating. They really are. Yeah. The pacing is great. We should reveal uh, final Harry Potter facts about ourselves. Let's give everyone what our houses are. What house we belong to. I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah, you are. (laughs) (laughs) You're the Hufflepuffiest. Because I'm researching a greenhouse. Not because of that. Because you're nice and friendly and warm. Oh, glad to know somebody thinks so. Everyone thinks so. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, you're the most Hufflepuff person I know possible, you know? Well, I'm so honored to have that distinction. Yeah. I'm a Ravenclaw. Oh, which I, and think, I don't know what that means about you. Wow. That's so rude. <laughs> Tell me. It means all Ravenclaws are on the spectrum of weird and smart. I mean, sorry. Some, are, just... some are further on the weird side of the spectrum mm. some are further on the intellectual side of the spectrum mm. but i think that's kind of like all ravenclaws have parts of both that's cool smart and weird well also i mean i'm sorry it's just that they don't really cover ravenclaw yeah, much but in the you movies. should know because you're dating one. Oh wow how rude oh wow maybe you're not a hufflepuff i can't believe you would say something like that <laughs> in public <laughs> anyway it basically means you're weird and intellectual ish okay if you agree or disagree, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> at our, you can email us at highgeekbookclub at gmail.com or tweet us or Instagram us at highgeekbookclub. Mm-hmm. We won't do Harry Potter back to back on this podcast, but we hope to sort of progressively do more movies. Sprinkle them in. Yeah. Because, I mean, maybe once a month. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, since I'm rereading them, I always like to reread them and then watch the movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's happening now. Well, good. <laughs> I mean, this is exciting. We'll get to cover yeah. hopefully all of them. Yeah, hopefully. And then next week we'll be covering Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. Yeah. It's so true. Get ready for that. Yeah. Another Disney classic. What do you mean another? I know. I was thinking, I don't know what I mean by that. (laughs) Yeah. So it was interesting. It was my first watch. So tune in next week for that. That should be cool. And we're just going to be moving along with the feelings of fall. Right. And And, uh, and Halloween mainly. (laughs) Spooktober. Right. (laughs) Do we have any... What was your grade? My grade's an A plus. Okay, good. Definitely. Definitely. I probably would have given it like an A minus before rewatching or something. I, mean, I don't know why, but after rewatching it so now. You're a hater. I, I'm not a hater. I'm a lover. Okay, okay. I've been trying to prove this whole episode. Okay, okay. You are. Do we have any kind of shout outs? 
my half sister from t- oh oh well <laughs> i have i already shouted out my aunt sharon no so i will shout out my aunt sharon because it's thanks to my aunt sharon that i even got the first four first five harry potter books so my mom, she didn't know anything about the Harry Potter series, and I don't think she would have thought to get me those books, but my Aunt Sharon, she just believed in them, and she wanted me to be reading something that was good and something I connect, could connect to that was relevant. And so I remember very clearly when a Christmas came around and she gifted me the Sorcerer's Stone. Mm. And for a series of like, the first at least the first four books she she made it a habit of giving them to me every christmas and writing in a special note in the billfold so and i still have those copies where she wrote that special note and dated it and it just means a lot to have a handwritten uh dedication of a book gifted to me like harry potter so that's like that's my harry potter book and um uh, Sharon is great. She was always there for me to show me around and like take me outside of Houston and outside of the state of Texas um, throughout my life. So it's thanks to her that I got a lot of adventure. And I think it's appropriate. It, it, it's suiting for something like Harry Potter. So big shout out to my Aunt Sharon. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I guess with that, it brings us to the conclusion of this episode where we covered Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, also known as the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> if you're British. That's right. <laughs> but we're in the good old U.S. of A. So this has been another production of Heike Book Club. And I am Cameron. I'm Zelene. And we hope that you've enjoyed listening to us. If you have, please like us, subscribe, and write a review. And we'll look forward to checking y'all next week. Until then, you'll be hearing from us. Mm-hmm.